back. Yes, after my house renovation, my vaccine, where I felt really bad right after the second dose. And the Olympic weekend. Yes, a, lo- a lot of events happened during Such our hiatus. Such a nice hiatus, yes. Indeed. And you know, my sister gave us some feedback about our podcast. She said like, why don't we have some videos? Videos? Why would anyone, anyone want to watch podcasts instead of listening to podcasts? It's and podcasts c- are meant to be listened to. I know, right? But apparently a lot of Indonesians prefer watching a podcast. I think the biggest Indonesian podcaster right now, th- his biggest source of traffic is from his YouTube channel, actually. Interesting. And I just found out something interesting. I think I know why Twitch kind of fails in Indonesia. If you see um, the biggest streamer in Indonesia, they don't stream on Twitch. They stream on YouTube. Oh, and why is that so? I just found out that certain, m- most carriers in Indonesia actually um, provide free data usage for YouTube, WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, but not Twitch. So pe- mm. where data is c- sort of expensive in Indonesia, um, it's not really worth it to waste so much data on Twitch. Where And videos uses a lot of bandwidth, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah, just an interesting fact of the day. But how do they actually make their videos? So, so from my basic understanding, they probably record and they video themselves at the same time. Is there any special like video effects or any framing techniques that they necessarily use? Um, not really, but then they just cut. When, For example, if I'm speaking, the camera will cut to me, the video. Ah, they will okay. edit it such that only I can be seen in that frame and vice versa. Why do you think, like, like this is the part that I don't get, right? Like, for me, like, when I listen to podcasts, I just straight up audio, right? Spotify is my, Spotify or Apple are the two main platforms. Um, do you personally listen to a lot of podcasts visually uh, on YouTube? I'm mixed, I guess. Um, like I said, the Indonesian podcaster that I watch, mm-hmm. actually I watch him on YouTube. Ah, okay. Does does he have other channels as well? Yeah, he has Spotify. Oh, okay, okay. But then I'm subscribed to him on YouTube, so I just when I when I'm on YouTube, I just saw he uploaded a new video mm-hmm. and I'm just watching it. What do you think makes watching a podcast more engaging, more nicer than just listening to an audio? I'm I'm I don't have a preference actually. I'm okay with both sides. But maybe to a person who is um who likes more visual stuff, it it kind of helps them retain the information more as compared mm-hmm. to just listening. And like I said, maybe it's also the, the influence of the, the free data usage thing on YouTube. Mm, right, so right. instead of Spotify where they have to pay for the data, they'll just lis- listen on YouTube. Interesting. Actually, interesting. Another question. Um, so, you know, we have smart TVs here, right? In Singapore. Right. Whereby yeah. like, you can literally treat YouTube as like a laid back TV watching experience. Mm. I do that sometimes with like, it might not necessarily with, be with podcast type of videos, but I do that sometimes for other random videos that I find on YouTube. Do Are Indonesians also doing that or are they mainly just watching YouTube podcasts on their computer? Um, that I'm not sure actually, but um, all I know is Nowadays, YouTube is this venue where if they have kids, usually they just show their kids ah, YouTube. That, that magic potion yes. to get kids. Quiet. You know, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> make, make life easier for all the parents. Mm-hmm. You know, what a lifesaver YouTube is. Right, right. Anyways, I can't believe you actually fell for my trick. 
What trick? <laughs> you know, dun, like dun, dun. I posted a few weeks ago of a painting that I quote unquote presumably bought from auction. Having oh yeah, yeah, I remember that when you were doing your house renovation, right? You, I remember you, you specifically told me before you would like to own one or two paintings. Yes, and ho- do you remember how much I mentioned the price of the painting that I, I bought, quote unquote, eight hundred thousand dollars, eight hundred thousand USD? Yeah, that's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I actually made that myself. No, and no, 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 no. This is what you told me, right? So you you uploaded an Insta story of a painting. Yes. It's like a it's like an abstract art of like planes paint splatters. Yes. Um very similar to how um a famous artist called uh, Jackson Pollock. Exactly. That's right. It's called drape painting actually. Okay, drape like, painting. And and it looked legit to me. Like I mean it it, it is abstract, right? And then you you quoted eight hundred thousand dollars. No, I asked you how much was it. Yes, you said eight hundred thousand dollars. And I just I, I was Skeptical at first, but you said, "Oh, it's on the cheaper side because it's, it's small." It's a mini version. It's a mini a, version, and I check. just believed it because it's like, okay, first of all, I'm not very in tune with like the painting world and how much, how much like a painting would normally cost. But when I asked you that question, how much would a painting normally cost? You said that it was on the lower, and of course, I believed it because your your abstract painting looked so abstract to the point whereby it's like, I don't really have a judgment on the piece. Like I have no opinion. It is what it is. Abstract. Okay. Expensive. Full stop. I, I that's exactly that's why you know like, don't you think that modern art is kind of bullshit? Yeah, I'm calling it bullshit. <laughs> like, come on. Like, um, for like, if you look at Pollock's painting, it's literally just house paint, and he just he put a canvas on the floor, and he just splat splatter all this paint, randomly. Right. Right. And and there's a and there's a very famous saying amongst the um, general population that says, "I can do this too." And th- yeah, that, that that that's what I want to p- prove by by pr- posting that on Instagram is that even I could post a random pain that I made and say that hey, it's actually worth eight hundred thousand dollars. And if anyone believes it, it mm-hmm. um, they might buy it for eight hundred thousand. I mean, of course, like I I don't think. A lot of my friends has a random eight hundred thousand dollars <laughs> in within their pocket. But then, like, imagine if um, I'm a famous art seller mm-hmm. and I know some very well-off clients. I could just say, "Hey, th- there's this new up and coming painter. Um, he's making a new artwork, and I I don't know. I want to sell it to you for what one million. They Who might just buy it." Who dictates the price, though? Actually, exactly. I do not know. That's why modern art is bullshit. <laughs> Like you can just put a- the thing is any m- form of art you cannot really put a value into it right mm-hmm. there's no such thing as oh um, for example a farm where you can say it generates one thousand dollar every day then you kind of know that the value it generates uh, per month is about thirty thousand dollar for example but for art you can't it's up to someone there's no there's no precedent object exactly it's just whether to use as benchmark whether the seller can convince you that this is worth one million dollar. And that's it. That's how modern art is priced. How many more people do you con with? Unfortunately, uh, only you and one, one another friend of mine. <laughs> and how did that friend respond? Uh, I think it's similar reaction to you. Like I could do that too. <laughs> <laughs> but did he believe in in uh, in that you bought it? He you bought it at auction for. I haven't met her yet, but maybe I'll ask when I meet her next time. But 
yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, the fact that I can splatter paint and say it's worth $800,000 and some people actually believe that right. it's worth $800,000. You know what? Now I wish that we have a video version of our podcast so that I can show the audience how Jackson Pollock's painting looked like. And, and my how, painting. Yeah, and how your painting looks like. Oh, it's yeah. not bad, I would say. Um, there definitely needs to be more improvement in how you <laughs> imitate his style. Uh, but generally, I mean... When it comes to abstract art, like you rightly pointed out, like like who is the one who gave the arbitrary value? Usually, I'm assuming usually like the seller would just like, or the broker or whatever would go to like some rich person. Yes, and and they just throw one random number out. I think they will have to come up with a story first. Okay. Once okay. they come up with a story, like for example, this expresses anger. You know, like red w- represents anger. Right. Well, I was making the paint. I was like, "Hey, I should name this painting." I said, "I, I should name chaos" because I was it was just throwing random things. Oh my gosh! I right. see. Okay, 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 okay. I think it's a good name actually. Yeah. Right. I know. Chaos. Then it's up to the interpretation exactly. of the viewer. Exactly. Because art, like, it's to the eyes of the beholder. Like, mm-hmm. it can be beautiful. Right. 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 In any way they can interpret it, you know, like mm-hmm. maybe somebody sees that random paints Jackson Pollock shows as like he's being angry right right the way the paint splattered at a 45 degree angle and then split out into multiple splats yeah blue and white shows uh, turmoil of emotions within him bubbling but not able to express himself you get my point (laughs) yeah you get my point but speaking of interpretation I'm calling out bullshit on this particular modern art that was um, that was quite a rage I think two three years back uh, it's called it? the, the duct tape banana Have Oh I've, I've seen that? that Yes I've seen that um, it's, it's ridiculous li- literally, literally a real banana It's not even a painting It's a real banana um, Stuck on the wall With grey duct tape That's oh. it No frames Nothing Just like that On a very clean white background And the creator Calls it art Like the creator named it The comedian it is called indie comedy. I think I agree it, with that. Yeah, it has a level of humor, uh, humorous um, uh, expressionism in it, in that he's trying to mock the the modern art, contemporary art um, scene, right? In 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 the sense that he's trying to mock people. To, uh, I mean, he's trying to show the public that hey, you know, like anything can be art, and as long as anything is labeled art, it can be sold as a very expensive thing. As long right? as somebody wants to buy it. As long as somebody wants to buy it, exactly. And uh, I think there were like three. Three of such bananas. Oh, bananas. And then, like, I think two of them sold for $120,000. Uh, is it time for me to go to buy some bananas? I think you can start an orange collection. Oh, maybe orange, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do a lemon. Or oh, maybe for Asian durians. durians. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. Asian localization. And then if you, you put the durian duct tape on the wall and the, the duct tape does not, um, the spikes of the durian does not penetrate the duct tape. That's art there, my oh, friend. Yeah, indeed, localized that's art. That's art, and that's even more valuable than the banana. You know why? <laughs> because the banana does not have spikes. <laughs> the durian just proved to you that the duct tape that was being used, the duct tape that is being presented, is so strong. And guess what? It's locally made. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is too much. Too much bullshit. Too much bullshit in one episode. Oh my god! But but you, but but I feel like when things get too bizarre. Is the reactions of the audience uh, that can either turn this bizarre thing around or make it even more bizarre? Actually, it's true. Imagine like imagine yourself being in a museum and you just randomly s- see that banana tape on the wall. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you take pictures? And you go forward it to your friends. 
look how absurd that this is mm-hmm. like you'll go like hey then all, everybody will know that there's this absurd banana being taped on the wall as a, being depicted as an art mm-hmm. but you know funny thing is I might not think it's absurd I might think oh this makes a nice phone wallpaper oh my god <laughs> you're falling like a minimalistic look and, and it's like a very unique wallpaper that no one else will have if I take a picture of it on the spot wait I've wait isn't wait wait I think I know this banana I, isn't it eaten <laughs> yeah, someone <laughs> someone ate it as a form of rebellion or something like that to prove a point. So did he have to pay the hundred twenty k? I don't think. I think he went. Uh, he went away unharmed. Actually, I think he basically he's an audience member, right? He's just a viewer of mm. some ex- exhibition, and then one day he just like went up to the banana, took the banana out of the duct tape, and then just ate it on the spot. He even said that it's quite tasty, and he would have. <laughs> Eaten it sooner if he were hungrier at that point. <laughs> uh, see, like it, it proves my point how ridiculous modern art is. Don't you think so? Yes. Okay. Okay. This this is an interesting part. I see several layers in it. So I think going back to the banana example, the banana exhibition in itself is absurd. Yes. Like I I don't really understand why a banana that will rot in maybe one to two weeks can be sold for one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. But it's the reaction of that man who ate the banana that makes it funny, that makes the that makes the story memorable. It makes it into an art. Like is it an art? Because you like, you he can say that. Oh, is he that is, still bullshit? <laughs> of course, it's bullshit. But it's just that he's he he could say that he is performing a uh, performance where he ate the art banana. Did he say that it's a performance? I don't know. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> assuming that he would say something like that. He could say he could label himself as another artist that ate another artist's art piece. Ah, right. Okay, okay. And you can see how performance d- in how this chain sense. can keep going and going and going. Right, right. But I think what's interesting is if he had videoed himself eating the banana, and then uploaded it on the internet, on YouTube. And then people watch it. Then people find it engaging because it's like he's doing something even more ridiculous than the banana itself. It c- he could go viral. He I think he went viral. viral. Exactly. Went viral. I mean, I we both saw news articles yes. on this, right? And you know what? In the current day and age, he could actually turn that into an NFT, don't you think? Ah. Isn't but, but wait, wait. One step before the NFT, he could become viral on YouTube and he could earn very well like at at revenue and all that, then people start to interview him. He becomes an ambassador of blah blah blah. Then he makes money. Oh, that's true. Yes. Meanwhile, we are slogging our asses off doing this podcast and not uh, earning anything. <laughs> <laughs> should, should we just go to a random museum, find a random banana? Yeah, we should start it. like a farm exhibition, right? Tape a pig on the wall, tape a horse tail on the wall. It doesn't have to be real. Yeah. It could be like, you know, some strands from a broom and then we say it's a horsetail. It's up to your own interpretation. Label it as art. And bam, millionaires. Yeah. Then now you move on to the modern day and age today. NFT. You monetize the video via um, tokenizing it or something like that. The first time I encountered NFT was the Bangzi one. The one where they bought a, an original Bangzi and they burn it and sell the video as an NFT, if I'm it- not mistaken. Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. This doesn't make sense. They what? bought the Banksy's artwork. Yes. It, and Banksy's artwork, as we all know, is very expensive. Yes. Did they burn it? And then did they have a digital copy of that before they burned it? Or I don't think so. I think they just burned it. 
So all they have is the burning the the video of them burning the art piece. Uh, yes, and, and it's what so it's being sold online as an NFT. Oh my god! That was my first encounter with NFTs, but I think nowadays there are a lot more, mm -hmm. like crypto punks. I mean, but I, mean, I don't NFTs really get them today though. Today is like a very broad top, a uh, very broad category. There are like many subcategories, right? One yes. is like the video type that you mentioned. Another type is more like the collectibles. Uh, collectibles. Even within collectibles, there are also very various subcategories, like collectibles for you to build a social identity. Like for example, yeah, like the crypto punks, um, the recent penguins, uh, if you have not seen it, monkeys, cats. Like people are buying these animals, uh, to to use it as display pictures. And and like for example, the most recent, uh, craze with the penguins, um, the most expensive penguin avatar, is worth five hundred thousand dollars. Maybe I need to switch careers soon. <laughs> <laughs> I should become an artist. Really. Do you call that bullshit though? Are you calling that out? I would. I would. Um, personally, um, not trying to. I know that there are a lot of people who really love the idea of NFTs. I think that an idea is very novel. It's very unique. Uh, it could be used in a lot of very interesting ways. Like I think the one by Gary V is kind of interesting. Like putting a purpose into an NFT instead of just making it a collectible. What did Gary V do? Um, he he cre he created some tokens called V Friends or something where you can buy the token and then exchange it for like opportunity to talk with him or something. I I don't know mm -hmm. the details exactly, but you see that there um he put some some purpose into the token instead of just making it. Yeah, but but he could, he could do that because it's I mean he's already a well established creator slash yeah, that, influencer. That's, that's why he c he can do that. That that's why I call it bullshit because exactly like how modern art is, you see how there needs to the creator of that art NFT needs to be famous first before they can put a value into it. Meaning what? If for oh, example okay. you and I um started a random token, mm -hmm. it may look really good. On paper, uh, not not on paper, on on monitor, on ones and zeros. <laughs> yes, but then like nobody will buy it because they are not sure whether the price will increase, whether it's worth even collecting because it's mm -hmm. made by some unknown artist called Regina or James. Mm -hmm. But if it's someone like um, Elon Musk's girlfriend mm -hmm. who sells uh, tokens, uh, collectibles, um, they'll be worth a lot because they know that hey, because this person has a large following, people will just buy it just because mm -hmm. maybe they support them or maybe they know that they kind of guess that uh, this token is going to increase in price just because um, it's it's advocated by mm -hmm. someone famous. But I think the creators of the penguins are, are not that big of a celebrity influencer though. But that, yet, yeah. but yet, penguins are taking off. Or even like cats for that matter. Maybe once in a while you'll get like these cases, but I, I, do I do not really understand the NFT landscape environment. But then don't you agree that maybe out of all the NFTs in the world, only one out of 10, maybe two out of 10 will be from an unknown person advocated by nobody. Then suddenly it just... I think it's hard to say because... By the very nature, the NFTs are decentralized. So, like, technically, anyone can draw anything and then make something out of it. Right. Like, the reason why cats and penguins are trending right now, right, is because people, I mean, the creators have successfully built a social network that is not Facebook, that is not your existing social media platforms. They, are, they have built a community, basically, uh, around a 
very expensive avatar that people buy. Like after you buy these avatars, you are invited to like exclusive like chat groups or communities. Oh, on that, on then that then you can socialize from there. In 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 a non social media type of platform, but more like a maybe I perhaps like Discord or Slack or something like that. So like there's a level of social community being formed, and then there's also that level of social status that puts into play. Because unlike buying a painting, if you are buying a digital avatar, then you can use that as a display pic- picture on Twitter, which is what is currently happening right now, or your other social media platforms. Then it signals to other people like, oh hey, I'm part of the cool kid club. I bought this. Oh, I agree. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's a novelty of the NFT and the blockchain. Mm-hmm. And like another and another novelty with the avatars is um these avatars are limited in supply and each individual avatar is unique on its own. So there's no replication. Yeah. So what's interesting is the creators of these avatars they I g- I think they like for example the penguins they created how the penguin will look like the shape and everything. Then the eyes, nose, hair, hat, accessories whatever are like parts that can u- be used to customize the penguin. Right, and then they have all these parts together with the main frame, I would guess, uh, and then they basically use AI or something to generate co- different combinations of how the penguin will look like, and then it's because of these different AI generated combinations that makes it unique, because they are also supported by the blockchain. Therefore, people saw that scarcity equals to novel. I mean, no, novelty and scarcity equals to uh, value. A value that I don't get. The part you don't get is the why the price is so expensive. Okay, modern art, I'm calling it bullshit. NFTs, I, I, I say they are less of bullshit now compared to say maybe 2017. Just because just because I see the utility in your like uh, uh, crypto-driven um, display pictures and all that. I, I, I sort of get it. Like, so identity and all that. There's some kind of utility. It's not just you buy and then just leave it. Uh, at one in one corner, and not do anything with it. So I, I sorry, I don't see. I still don't see any utility. It's really just for social status. Yeah, it's for so- social status exactly. It's like why why would people want to buy skins in the game? It's also for status, isn't it? Oh, that's true. Yeah. 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 So so just from that from that line of thought, I get it. But anything beyond that, I'm not sure. Okay, <laughs> I'm tired of thinking about this. All right. I guess this is the end of our episode. Thank you. Thank you once again for tuning in and see you next time.